When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscast. Welcome to the RC Sportscasting Podcast. Coach's Corner, Football Edition, 2K23, as we are live from Wings, etc., as we are going to be talking week five action as we are already past the hat. We are officially past the halfway mark in the regular season. Does not seem possible. October 1st is right around the corner. Just, oh my goodness, where did the summer go? But we are here and uh, we are live at Wings, a packed house here tonight, getting ready for Monday night football here. And we're going to be talking with Niles coach Scott Shaw and Brandywine football coach Justin Kinsey. Coach Mark Fry from Buchanan cannot make it tonight as he has dad duties. His wife got called into work, and he is a dad of some young kids and just just cannot do it. <laughs> Can't make the uh, even too busy um, to do a, even a phone interview, so we got to respect that. But we'll talk um, about the Buchanan Bucks here in a little bit. Going to the scoreboard from last Friday night in the game. Uh, for the big rivalry, Buchanan and Brandywine over at Memorial Field. We got everything that we could ask for in, as far as a game. It came down to the end, and that's all you could ask for. And the Buchanan Bucks were victorious over Brandywine by the score of 20-16. to 16. We will talk to Coach Justin Kinsey about that here after a bit. The Niles Vikings continue to roll in all facets as they go to Sturgis, and they rout the Trojans 61 to 21. In the game of the night, probably in the area was in Dewajak as the Chieftains, they are red hot and they continue to be red hot. They make a defensive stop at the end of the game to defeat Benton Harbor 27 to 26. The Chieftains come into Brandywine this week to take on the Bobcats. Edwardsburg gets their third straight win as they defeat Three Rivers 35 to 24. It was Constantine routing Watervliet 35 to nothing in another big route. Saugatuck all over Coloma 69 to nothing. Lakeshore over Kalamazoo Central 34 to 12, and it was Portage Central defeating St. Joe 35 to 18. Berrien Springs was off last week. They had a bye. They did not have a game scheduled for this week. So they will actually be uh, hosting Buchanan this Friday night. That should be a good game as well. So those are our scores from last Friday, and joining us, as always, first on the docket is the voice or the coach of the Niles Vikings, Scott Shaw. First off, Coach, I don't know who has got the hotter offense right now in the game of football, the Niles Vikings or the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. You guys are putting up some points. We have. Uh, the le we've been fortunate that uh, uh, our offense has been clicking, and uh, we've been uh, able to do just about whatever we had planned to do previous to each game so uh last week i didn't think we were going to get 50 but it turned out that fourth quarter uh it was kind of strange it was in and out of a running clock at 35 points and 
Uh, then when they got it into the out of the running clock, they were throwing it. And uh, incompletion, incompletion, incompletion. So the clock stopped. And, yeah, it actually gave us more time. And uh, our second offense was able to score two touchdowns. So uh, uh, near the end. So that was good that they got in, got some experience, and got some playing time. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I guess just going back, this was a kind of a – uh, a rematch game from last year with, with Sturgis, going back to your match with the Trojans last year. Yeah, they uh, they beat us and they shut us out last last year. So, uh, you know, and I, I don't want this to sound like sour grapes. We did not play real well. We were not ready to play last year. Um, we have approached games much better mentally this year. And uh, we talked before this game about it not really being a uh, revenge game, but an atonement game. We want to atone for what uh, we didn't do last year. And we wanted to show them, really, kind of what the team that they missed last year. And we were going to give them to them this year. So I think you had a great, another great game. We, know we were talking about your offense and, and the points that you are putting up on the board. But your defense has been lights out as well. I mean, yes, they scored 21 points. But I think a couple of those last two touchdowns were probably with second and third stringers that were in the game. Uh, defense, def- and that's no disrespect to them. Right. I mean, that just, right. that, that just happens. Right. We had a couple passes that uh, they hit on us. Uh, I'd like to say it was a perfect pass, but uh, and it was. We, we had the kid covered, and it just kind of dropped in, his, in their lap, uh, two of them. And... Uh, you know, which is, you know, our, our kid was in the right position uh, trying to make a play and just got out, out, out jumped, as it were, for the game. But, uh, yeah, our defense, uh, Sturgis couldn't run a lick on us. So uh, all they had left was uh, to throw and try to move the ball. But our run defense has been really stout, uh, which is uh, amazing because we're not huge, uh, but we're very quick and we run to the ball. And uh, Well, and also – you have to be very physical. I mean, to, to be able to completely dominate and shut down a running game, um, you have to be physical yeah. up front. And so, and, and as any coach, if you can completely shut down the run, I mean, that just kind of, I mean, that yeah. it, it sends a little chills. I mean, it gives yeah. you a little goosebumps. I mean, that's really, you know, there's no, no gr- more, nothing more gratifying from a defensive standpoint right. and just completely shutting a run down right, and right. making a team one-dimensional. And our kids are. Our kids, uh, they, they are very physical uh, come game time, and uh, they, they, like, they like to play the game the way it, that I like to, and that, that's being, uh, that's get after them and uh, can knock the taste off their tongues. So. Well, you've been hanging 50 burgers on everybody left and right. Now you hand a, hang a 60-burger. Uh, on Sturgis, so with 61 points, obviously um, it was the wealth. The, it was spread. Right. The, right. The, the rock got spread. I'm sure a lot of people got got a lot of cashed a lot of paychecks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul has scored twice. Uh, Talon Brawley scored twice. We had uh, 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 Brendan uh, Olson caught a pass for a touchdown, and uh, Peyton Gordon scored. Uh, but at the end, Dylan Garris, uh, uh, our, our probably our, he's a great kid, probably our third-team fullback. Uh, and this is the greatest play of the game. Uh, was right near the end. Uh, he had taken one down for a touchdown earlier. We got the ball back, and we're just trying to run out the clock. So we're running belly, and he busts a 15-yarder. We're running belly, and he busts a 20-yarder. And uh, 
near the end. It wasn't quite the end, but uh, we run belly again, and he gets stood up at about uh, about the 15. And uh, our guys just all came, and the, the whole pile just pushed uh, 15 yards into the end zone. I, I'm, I'm amazed that nobody tripped, uh, but they're all – it's just like a giant amoeba moving into the uh, uh, end zone. But that, that's great because our kids understand – uh, that and you know we awarded uh, Dylan a touchdown, but we gave everybody else an assist. So uh, that was uh, that was uh, uh, one of those things where we just uh, you know it's good to see, and we showed it several times on film Saturday morning that you know all of our kids got involved in that, and you know it's uh, uh, just a great team thing. So. I think, too, when a lot of outside people looking in and they look at the scoreboard, um, you know, they, they see 61 points. And not that they're accusing or of, of anything of running up. but then, what, And I only bring this up because you mentioned you're running the belly dive. And for the audience out there listening, that, that's just a straight fullback dive right up the middle. And I'm sorry. You're being respectful in doing that. And if that can't be stopped, well, then, you know, the score is what the score If you can't stop the most basic play – and with your backups in, you know, if it's 100 to nothing, it's 100 to nothing right. in, in my mind. Yep. So that, that had to be very rewarding for you. And, and as we, you talked about, you, you got a with when that happens, I'm sure that once you get a running clock established, then that's when, okay, let's get our starters out of here to, A, get them some rest, prevent injury. But more importantly, as, as you, you alliterated in the very beginning, to get a lot of your backups now some quality reps because you never know down the stretch, you know, um, one man goes down to get somebody to throw them in there and to have some game time reps at game speed under the lights is huge, especially especially for the quarterback position. Right, and, uh, you know, those kids are going to play, whether it be next week, uh, three weeks, or the end of the year, or or next year. So – uh, you want to get those kids some time when you can. Plus, I think you hit it. The biggest reason is you want to get some kids like uh, like your starting quarterback, if they're starting to take shots at him. Right. Uh, you want him out of there. Not, not that you want to sacrifice the other kids, but uh, they want you know they, uh, they want to play. And, and, in fact, our number two quarterback last week asked, can I pitch the ball? Can I pitch the ball? And uh, I said, no, we're just going to run it uh, – up front and see what we can get and we're not going to try to embarrass anybody but we're going to have to make them stop us too so now you're who is your backup quarterback Talon uh, Bennett now is he your starting JV or is he just I mean is he full-time varsity he's just no, he's, ba- he's starting corner for okay us. Uh, and he'll probably be the quarterback or in the running for quarterback next year so like I said that that's just huge to get him reps you know yeah. and, and not to to jinx or put a, a you know, a, 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 a voodoo on, on Talon, but you never know. Right. And, and for him to get right. some reps like that, that that is critical. But the, just to spread the wealth around, though, too, and to get them kids into the game. Yeah. And uh, this, is, this has happened to me before, that the kid who's going to be next year's quarterback has played defense. I mean, it's happened several times, but he comes back next year knowing what it's like to be in a game, whereas a kid that never has been in a game takes over as a senior, junior, whatever. He's still got that. He still got that feeling of newness, but because Talon's been 
in games. He's broken up passes. He's got interceptions, made great hits. Uh, he's already got that part of it from the defensive side. Right. I mean, that's so. got to help. I mean, as a quarterback, to play defense yeah. helps makes you a yeah. better quarterback because yeah. obviously, you know, you, you know what's going on in the other guy's brain and, and you know what they're looking at. Right, right. And, and, it, and it proves that uh, he's not afraid to take a shot. You know, in this offense, your quarterback gets, you know, gets some shots every once in a while when you're running the option. But uh, uh, he's, he's a tough kid. Talon Brawley's a real tough kid. And uh, Gets uh, that after his mom. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's what his dad says. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he's, uh, you know, he, what, a, what a field general he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you can win a lot of games with kids like that. So I even, you know. I even got that from, obviously, we talked last week about with his grandpa and Danny's dad, John Brawley, passing away. And, and Talon got up and, and spoke at his funeral. I mean, he came up and, and read a, um, a biblical saying. But just you can tell how much he has grown. Right. I mean, I remember watching that little kid in, in uh, the Y Basketball League as a fifth and sixth grader. And it's just, it, does, it blows my mind that now he's a senior in, in right. high school and, and to see how much he's grown physically and, you know, just – you know, mentally yeah. and spiritually. So he, he's definitely, you know, a great field general for you in, in all facets, not just as the quarterback, but oh, as – He's a great leader. Yes. I mean, you know, our kids our, – you know, he, he, he's the epitome of that saying about walk softly and carry a big stick because he doesn't say much. But when he does, it's, uh, it's loud and it's clear. So, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's just a great kid, great leader, tough kid, and I can see that confidence is – pouring out of him as compared to what it was as a sophomore uh, when we first started running this. And he was, you know, when he took his first snap against Sturgis as a sophomore, it was like, uh-oh, where, you know, where do we go and everything. And we had to encourage him to keep the ball in his hands uh, uh, because he had to, you know, we, I, I made the mistake of telling him, and he took it literal, that you can't ever make a mistake by giving the ball. So, you know, evidently he didn't want to make very many mistakes, so he gave it quite a bit. But uh, once we got him to say, hey, confidence in the read and make the pitch, and, and now uh, he's, he's not had a bad read probably all year this year. Uh, he's had some that are better than others, but uh, not a bad one. How big of a stepping stone do you think that playoff game with Edwardsburg last year was for Talon? Well, I think I uh, mean everybody's a team in general for sure. Right. But I mean, Talon had I mean an unbelievable game that night. Right. I mean, he was one player that really stood out. I mean, I remember broadcasting the game, and he really stood out to me. Um, and I just think that was a a huge, even though the loss, it was a huge springboard into what he's right. doing this year. You know, you don't you know you got to be careful about saying moral victories and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it showed our kids and him, I think, that we can play with a team like Edwardsburg. And, uh, uh, you know, and we can become that. And I think, I think that was part of the off-season process that uh, – uh, <laughs> happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of the off-season process that they wanted to become what Ebersburg was. And, uh, and we'll see. I mean, hopefully we can overtake that but we're, we we have another game to worry about before yes we worry about that one so. and and let's get right into that because they're no slouch either i mean vicksburg is year in and year out a pretty respectable football yeah. program um so let's talk about vicksburg well, they're athletic uh you know they throw the ball around uh they run from spread sets and, and things like that now 
they'll run what everybody's run, what everybody in the spread runs, and that's a little bit of counter, a little bit of zone read. Uh, you know, you, you throw throw to those wideouts, different patterns, but they're all the same. Uh, and uh, you know, the quarterback is new this year, so uh, he doesn't he he doesn't have the experience that the kid did last year. And defensively, they're uh, they they run to the ball, and they're they're nice size, uh, you know, and they're pretty athletic. And uh, I think they're probably. You know, when, when you look at our schedule, then some people say, you know, Three Rivers and Otsego are probably at the lower end of our uh, conference this year. But uh, Vicksburg's right there in the middle. They're, what, three and two or two and three, I think. And uh, uh, they uh, are, are better. We're, we're running into the better part of our oh, schedule absolutely, at this point. Yeah, so. I mean, you look at now, and, and the good <laughs> thing is, another thing I want to talk to you about, you got four games left of the regular season. And three of those four are at home. You've got the next two weeks. You've got Vicksburg, obviously, this week, and then the big game next week with Edwardsburg, then on the road at Plainwell, which Plainwell's, you know, year in and year out, also been, you know, one of the upper shelf teams. You know, for the longest time, it's been Edwardsburg and then such a far, I think, drop-off to where now I think everybody's kind of evened up a little bit and maybe a little surpassing has been been going on. Um, But then, obviously, you know, you can't help but look at that last game of the year with with Paul Paul. I mean, right now Paul Paul is undefeated. So I mean, yes, there's still plenty of football right. to be to be played. Um, but I I guarantee you, there's a lot of people, guys like me, that are looking at that game and going, oh boy, you know yeah. that that that's gonna be that's gonna be a big one. But you've got a lot of big games. I think fortunately though for you, bef- before you even get to that. One. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you always say you want to win once. You should. And uh, Vicksburg is one that really on paper that we should uh, watch a film. They're good. But I, I, I got to wonder what they think when they look at us, too. So, uh, you know, how, how they're going to approach us and things like that. But uh, the big, the, there's two big things happening next week. Or I think Edwardsburg and Pawpaw got each other this week. And uh, uh, so one of them is going to have a, have a nick. And uh, – uh, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see because uh, I, I could see this week nine game being the way it was when I was in three rivers with Vicksburg. Uh, we would win, both of us go undefeated, and we'd play for that conference championship in week nine. And then put in the playoffs were the next week. So I, I don't know if sometimes it didn't hurt us, but it, it got us ready. And uh, fortunately, we were able to win most of them. So. Do you think it's going to be a challenge this week? With we, we talked about this before. They are teeny. I mean, when it's all said and done, these are 15 to 17-year-old kids for the most part. And what's coming ahead when you look at next week with Edwardsburg coming in? I mean, everybody's licking their chops. Is it? Well, have I will have be, you talked to your staff or all? I mean, has there been anything yeah. about to keep your kids, keep them focused on Vicksburg? We, we, we talked about that tonight. And... Uh, I would be disappointed in our kids if they thought anything less because they understand, or at least we tried to make them understand, that the the games that have the meaning won't have that meaning if we get, you know, shut down by somebody that we're not supposed to. And, uh, you know, we're right now we're playing for a conference championship, but along with that, tagged right very closely to that, is being able to play as many games in the playoff at, in the playoffs at home as we can. And, uh, uh, you know, it's been my experience through all this that 
the more games you can play at home, the better off you are. Uh, instead of traveling to up in Grand Rapids someplace and you know trying to play somebody, some of those teams on their turf, you want them to come down and play play you know you on yours. So uh, and that that's saying that we're going to get there, but uh, when, once our playoffs start, it's kind of like Wolverine Conference Part Two uh, with right, and it's probably likely to be. Us For at Edwards. least the first two rounds, yeah, most likely. Yeah. Us, Edwards, Virg, and Papa, uh, probably again. So. That, that's the one thing that I hate on our side, like with the Brandywine side. It's like we don't get that. You know, we're, right. we're going to have to go, you know, we don't – with Buchanan and Cassopolis and, and all these teams that are on our side, they just – with the, we're all in different divisions. I mean, Buchanan's right. D6, we're D7, Cassopolis is D8. Um, so – we're making somebody's making a road trip, right, you know. Right. Um, speaking of playoffs, obviously, you don't want to look ahead. You're four and one. You still, I mean, officially, you got to get three more wins to be one a unanimous in. I mean, it's most likely, you know, who's kidding who. But have you already started to look? I I, I saw a Facebook post today where they're already starting to like if the season ended today, this would be the yeah. potential matchups and. They had you guys playing, was it Hamilton? Maybe, yeah, Hamilton. I think that was like, I never even heard, I mean, I've heard of Hamilton Heights, but, yeah, you know, it's like, where did they come from? Uh, they're, they're typically a good program, uh, just south of Grand Rapids. Okay. A little bit, but uh, uh, the year we won the state in uh, 2003, we won, we beat Hamilton on a last-second field goal uh, in the regional finals, so... Uh, uh, actually, the district finals, and uh, they're a good team. Uh, but as far as looking ahead, you know, you you uh, we we say it's okay to look ahead because kids are gonna. But just realize that these people don't know. Right. Uh, nobody knows. Uh, the only people that know what we want to do is is us. Well, and I, this is what we have to get accomplished in order to do that. And I know you. All you care about right now is Vicksburg. That, oh, that's yeah. all. That's all that matters. Um, it makes me nervous <laughs> when people start talking past beyond somebody that you got to play this week, right? You know, so and especially our kids, uh, if they if they listen to those people, because I, I mean, if you would listen to certain people, they got, you know, they got certain people already in the playoffs, winning conference championships and stuff like that. So we're just. We just want to play. Well, I can imagine that Viking Stadium is going to be rocking because you guys have been on the road for the last two weeks, so building more and more momentum. So that just means more and more fans are, are jumping on the wagon, and they're gonna, you're going to get more and more people. I can't even imagine how many people are going to be um, at that Edwardsburg game next week. But, again, Vicksburg's first. Vicksburg, yeah. Um, real quick, hit the rewind button the last week. How did JV fare against Sturgis? JV got beat. Uh, they they played okay. They ran out of gas in the fourth quarter, and uh, uh, they had some. We've we've had some key injuries at that that level, and uh, uh, just I too think, hard to recover from. I think I, I one of my I guess my main questions from a JV standpoint is still how is the JV's mentality? I mean, because I know sometimes kids get really dejected. <laughs> they kind of feel like they're the the land of misfit toys, if you will. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to keep them vested in just the game itself yeah. and where you got to still look at, you got to keep them vested to hopefully come back next year. Well, and I think our, our JVs realize this, and we try to tell them to boister them a little bit that we still have five sophomores and a freshman on varsity. 
playing on Friday. So, you know, eventually you're going to play with the, that, those five. And, uh, you know, one of those five, Brandon Hamilton, uh, you know, he may be in, in my 42 or 43 years of coaching, he may be the best lineman that I've ever coached. So. Wow, that's, and he's, saying, that's saying a lot. And he's only a sophomore. Yes, it is. And uh, I think if he continues to, uh, uh, you know, play healthy and play, play strong, then he is going to be uh, somebody to be reckoned with later on. So, I mean, he's, he's great right now. Uh, he and Chase Brawley, both at guards, are both sophomores, and uh, they're, both, they're both fantastic football players. And, you know, we talked about physicality a while ago. Those two, <laughs> those two are. Uh, you know, you look up physical in the dictionary, and both yeah. their pictures are right there. So. And, and Chase is just a big teddy bear. Yeah. Away from the game. Away from the game. Away from yeah. the game, he is just a teddy yep. bear. Yep. Love that kid. Um, Coach, best of luck to you this week against Vicksburg. Um, obviously, I, f- I forgot to mention this last week, and it's my own fault. And um, Obviously, you can listen to the game um, on rcsportscasting.com as we are now uh, covering both Niles and Brandywine games. We'll also be covering uh, Buchanan as well um, down the road. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think the other network was going through some things, and, you know, we came, we kind of stepped back. Um, you know, I guess I just, I, I wanted to, I reached out to one of the, to the members of, of that crew last week. I'm like, look, you know, we didn't mean to step on any toes. We, once we knew that they were doing it, we kind of stepped back and then they obviously had some technical difficulties and my phone blew up. And so I'm like, well, Hey, you know, you guys you got too good of a thing going to not have anybody covering you. So, um, we jumped in and, you know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to stick with you guys, uh, throughout the season. I'm, I'm, very appreciative of you coming down here every Monday and talking to us. And um, Andy and Bob are, are doing a great job. They're having the time of their lives. Um, and I know you've gotten to know you've gotten right. to know them a little right. bit. So um, so yeah. Well, good. I we're happy to have them and uh, uh, glad that they enjoy doing it. Well, and the big and the other thing too is now that was my concern was with press box space. You know, with all oh, these yeah. media members, that's going to be no problem at Niles because I think we got you guys got one of the biggest press boxes in the state of Michigan. So um, there, there'll, there'll be plenty of room for uh, the media outlets yeah, at, at Viking yeah. Stadium. And, and as we mentioned, you've got three out of your last four at home. So, again, Friday night, Vicksburg, kickoff at 7. Andy and Bob will be online at 645 for pregame with kickoff at 7 o'clock. You can hear all the action on rcsportscasting.com. Coach Shaw, thank you so much. Thanks best, for having me. Best of luck to you this week. We'll, talk, we'll be talking Eddie's a week from tonight. Yep. yep. But, hey, go get Vicksburg. Get those doggies. All right. Thanks. You bet. Scott Shaw, the head coach of the Niles Vikings. We'll talk to Coach Justin Kinsey, the Brandywine Bobcats, another heartbreaker last Friday, but it was a great game. And we'll talk to Coach Kinsey about that live here at Wings Etc. on Coach's Corner when we return. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. And we are back, once again, live at Wings, etc. Jammed house here tonight. Getting ready. Got a double, another double high. Kind of like these uh, 
twofers on Monday Night Football now. They have one at 7.30 and then another one in like an hour later. So uh, the Eagles um, Eagles and Buccaneers already have kicked off, and then the Bengals and the Rams will be off in about an hour. But right now we're going to be talking about the game, uh, the big rivalry game from last week, and that was Buchanan and Brandywine over at Memorial Field at Buchanan High School. And as I mentioned in the open, the game itself was everything um, that both schools, I think, would have wanted. Um, unfortunately for Brandywine, the outcome on the scoreboard wasn't what we wanted, but it was a darn hard-fought football game. And uh, Buchanan came up with winning 20-16. to 16. And uh, Coach Fry not able to make it here tonight. He's got dad duties as his wife was called into work. So he's got to be Mr. Dad tonight. So he's got the night off. But uh, we do have Coach Kinsey um, to talk about the game. And, oh, Coach, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're sitting here at 1-4. and four. We can easily be saying 4-1. and one. Yeah. Um, and, and you look at that game. Um, you know, there's just a lot of, I mean, first and foremost, it was a great game, 20-16. to 16. Um, We Kids never gave up. Um, but gosh darn it, we just, we, we can't close. We, we just cannot close. Yeah, and it's frustrating. Again, you know, hats off to, hats off to Buchanan. They're, you know, we, we knew they were a tough physical team. We are, um, to say undersized is probably a little bit of an understatement this year. Uh, I know, like t today, the administration at Brandywine was having a meeting about uh, athletic needs and everything else, and I was like, "Hey, some some kids with heights that start in six would be great." Um, but I, we are. We're just. You're we're. I tell you one, coach. You're not going to get any sympathy from that'd be Coach Hood from the Lady Cats because. That well, that poor guy's never even had a girl over six <laughs> foot play basketball for since yeah, he's no, been here. No kidding. It is, uh, yeah, it, it, it's wild. Just you know, we have. It's frustrating because we are like you know we're not making excuses. We are, you know, we're undersized. We have a small roster. It's a small school, small community. But it's like my goodness, you know, we are legitimately. If you count, we're probably about ten plays away from being four and one, if not five and zero. Oh. I mean, it really is. It's, you know, we're not in the business of moral victories. I know I heard Coach Shaw talking about moral victories a minute ago, and it is like, you know, it's there, there's nothing about one and four that feels good. Um, you know, I feel terrible for the kids because these guys have, you know, they the, the way that they've battled, um, you know, just us as a coaching staff not getting it done, um, you know, not putting the guys in the right position to make, uh, you know, to, to, to be in an opportunity to, to, to be better than the one and four that they are. Um, but it is, it, it's, it's so aggravating to just, like, I feel like it's almost the inverse of last year because I think last year we did have probably one or two really good breaks that helped us have a better record. Um, and, you know, I mean, the Dwajak game last year, same thing. You know, we had a couple of breaks that, you know, woo, if it weren't for those breaks, we probably would have lost that football game. And it's like this year we're getting we're getting all of that paid back tenfold, and it's, 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 it's definitely aggravating. I think, though, even though, you, yes, you are one and four, but I think that – that each game you've been in, it's not like you want, you're not, you know, the four losses, you're just getting, you know, ran out of the building, you know, ran off the football field and, and you know, allowing 61, 55 points like these teams that are going up against Nile. I mean, you're not getting routed to where, therefore, those happen. Then teenagers, like I was <coughs> telling Coach Shaw on a different subject, but teenagers are going to be teenagers, and they're going to start checking out. They're going to they're gonna be like, screw this, I'm yeah. done. You know, they may still play, but they're, the, 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 they're not going to be vested. Your kids have still got to be vested into this because I think they, they firsthand know that they've been – they're the first ones that should know that they, they can easily be 4-1 and one 
as they are one and four. So, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is you still got to feel that investment. The investment's got to be there from the kids. Yeah, you know, the guys on the team are, are, are definitely, you know, they're not in any way part of the issue. They are, you know, those guys are battling for each other. And, again, you know, I even said at the end of the game, um, you know, hey, like this is this is you guys. Like without without your hard work and without you guys having the heart that you have, like you're the ones, like us coaches didn't put you in that position. You guys willed yourselves into a spot where we were even having this the discussion about, okay, so if we score here, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Like that's, that's you guys just willing it. Um, you know, guys like, you know, Caden Warfield and Kevin Roberts and, you know, Brock Dye, you know, they were so banged up and so beat up and they just, they, they, kept going in and you know I, I wish we had more bodies to go in and help them out but they were you know they were beat up but they were just like no there's no way we're not coming off the field the team needs me um yeah and I mean I've definitely been in the inverse of that situation I know like my last year coaching in South Bend you know we had a really super small I think we had four seniors and then we had a fifth senior join who hadn't played football before um so we were out there and we had you know, six or seven freshmen and sophomores that were playing, and we were just getting dog walked by people. And it was exactly what you said. You know, the kids turn on each other, kids start quitting, kids start bailing, um, and it was really, fr it was just really frustrating. And we we haven't had that here. You know, these guys are all, you know, for us to be in the situation, we literally the first play from scrimmage that Buchanan had the ball, they score a touchdown. You know, it's, and it was like, all right, hey, you know, we we were down by three scores last year. This is no big deal, and we came out in the second half. And those guys were, you know, they, they executed, they performed well. And um, it is, it's, it, it's a testament to, you know, to the kind of families and the community that we have that these guys are just, there's, there's no quit in them whatsoever. And that's, it's a, it's a privilege to coach these guys for sure. Talking about the game itself and knowing you for the last year and a half and how you like to play the game of football, to start the second half, they get the ball, we stop them. And then you guys go on a long, methodical drive. You oh, just yeah. ground and pound. Mm -hmm. And so you eat all that third, a huge chunk of that third. You did pretty much to them what Saugatuck did to us. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, the bet, then the highlight of it is then to actually punch it in for a touchdown. Because I, and we were even talking about that on the broadcast. It's like we, we were moving the ball really all year, I think. And it just seems like once we get – we see that, that red zone just ahead. We kind of then, that's where we kind of stalled out. And I yeah. we finally got over that hump, I think, Friday night in that second half to where we, we got over that hump and we started executing and getting into the end zone. Yeah, and I think but that's... That, but that, that drive just had to have been, I mean, you couldn't have... I know you, and that couldn't have been scripted any better. Yeah, and I think too, you know, and one thing that I, I think a lot of a lot of people, just the casual fans, don't know is, you know, from from last year to this year, you know, and again, we had phenomenal seniors last year. That was such a good football team with so much raw natural talent. But last year, it was really, you know, I was I was calling the plays. I was telling them what to do, um, just because the guys weren't natural with the system. They didn't know what was going on. You know, and this year, you know, I go out now and, I mean, half of the, honestly, half of the plays I'm not calling. The kids are calling. You know, you see there's times like we have we have a, a, a signal system where we'll signal things in from the sideline. And you saw, I, I honest to God, I don't know that there were more than five plays that we signaled in from the sideline because the kids are running over saying, hey, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. And, again, it's just it's such a testament that, you know, like, I mean, realistically, like that big, long drive, 
two-thirds of those plays were things the kids saw, you know, the guys on the team saw. Hey, you know, they got a two-eye doing this, they got a three doing this, they're squeezing this, they're scraping this. Um, and it is, again, just what a huge testament to the guys that, you know, in the course of, you know, we're not like other schools. We don't have this massive off-season program. You know, every every darn one of my kids is a multiple-sport athlete, some of them multiple sports in the same season. So for these guys to be balancing, you know, three or sometimes four sports and still like grasp what we're trying to do, um, you know, it, it's a real testament to those guys. And I mean, again, that drive was completely that was, you know, Caden Reith saw certain things as quarterback, uh, did a really nice job for for managing the game. And then even, you know, you saw Caden Warfield and Kevin Roberts running over. Hey, coach, run this. OK, and that's that's always one of my policies is if they think they see something, I will never question it. You're in a better position. Hey, yeah, let's go with it. Let's see. And like you said, it led to that that tremendous drive and it put us in a position where, you know, we, you know, we were able to, to if we could have just got one more stop or one more break, you know, we would have at least had a chance to, to go down swinging. Um, yeah, it was it was a huge testament to the guys and, and their understanding of the system, just their understanding of the game of football in general. For you to say Caden Reith did a good job managing the game is a huge understatement because I know you'll agree with me. That by far was his best game he's ever played. I mean, the way he ran the option Friday night um, was – was a thing of beauty. I mean, he did such a great job in the reads and when to pitch, when to keep. Um, you know, and, and as small as he is, I mean, he ran so hard. Um, yeah, he had the, the one interception, but <coughs> he made up for that with the, the unbelievable touchdown pass where he rolled out and he even pump faked it. Yeah. And then he hit Will Hubbard, and then Will just makes, I mean, just a fat, I mean, a dramatic one-handed catch in the end zone. Yeah, it was wild. I about lost my mind on the broadcast. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Caden had, I mean, yes, it sucked that, that you lose, and you lose to Buchanan, but, man, did he have a game. Yeah, he really did. And I know, you know, the first thing he does afterwards is like, all right, you know, coach, criticism's like, what, what could I have done different? And I was like, man, I was sure, like – I, you, it was a great game. Like, I mean, this, I told him, like, this is why you're my quarterback. I know that, you know, you're, he, he, I laugh because I won't say the weight, but he was wearing his wrestling hoodie. And I was like, hey, you might not want to wear that before a football game because it has your weight, your actual weight, not your roster weight written on the back. So you might want to, might want to take that off, buddy. But he is, he is, you know, he's, he's so undersized comparatively to what a lot of other teams are dealing with. Um, but it, it is like he is just he's one of the hardest runners and um, it is like it's it's nice because we have a really nice mix where you know we have some guys that you know teams obviously have to key on 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 Carter Sebecki and I think the last couple of opponents we played have done a really nice job of you know really limiting touches and we've got to find more creative ways to get uh, Carter Carter the ball but you know Caden Reed does such a great job of of managing a game and distributing and he sees what he sees and you know he doesn't make very many bad reads and even the interception that was you know he was trying to throw that away and you know that was if you rewatch that play that was as much of it was a bad throw from from Reed that 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 Buchanan kid just made a phenomenal diving shoestring like fingertip catch um you know, he's trying to throw the ball away and just doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have the, the world's hugest arm. Um, so, like, you know, hey, next time put it up in the, put it up in the stands. Like, don't, don't, don't even make it close. Um, 
But, yeah, he really did. He had a, a great game, managed the, the game really, really well. He runs the triple option really well, and I know, you know, there's there's times, too, that sometimes I kind of outcoach myself, and I start thinking, like, ooh, okay, so it's a second and three. Maybe I should, and he's the one that's like, ah, let's just run midline, coach. Okay, yeah, all right, you're right. So he's also kind of my uh, kind of my foil. He stops me from, from getting too cute sometimes, and I definitely appreciate that. Trying to get all Matt Nagy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. We talked last week, uh, and you you were the first to mention it that we had to find a way to get the ball into Caden or uh, into Caden Warfield's hands more. And along with Brock Dye, I thought you did a great job of getting Warfield more touches. Um, I even made the comment in the broadcast that not only giving him touches but attacking the outside. Unfortunately, I think also you got to give props to Coach Fry and Buchanan because I thought you did a great job of coming up with some new play and, tr- and making the effort to get Caden outside where I mean, he's one of the most explosive players in the area. But you got to give Buchanan credit. They did like, well, you know, the basic fundamentals of force everything inside, force everything inside. Yep. And I thought Buchanan did a great job of that. And where he still had some good runs, but they were all like seven or eight yarders versus the long ones. Yeah. Obviously, with, with the exception of the one that was called back, you know, in the first half, which, you know, I mean, that is what it is. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I just thought it was – kudos to both both you and Coach Fry. I mean, it was it was just part of – I mean, it was just a, a – it was an awesome game to watch and to broadcast. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a fun one. Um, I don't know, like that's – we said to the kids at halftime, it's like, hey, this is – you know, this is why we signed up for football. This is what makes you know football such a beautiful game. And I know even early in the uh, early in the game, uh, Caden Reeve got poked in the eye, and he was bleeding from from right underneath his eyelid, and had a nice big black eye the next morning. And it's great because afterwards, like, hey, are you good? Like, what do you mean? Your your eyes bleeding? What? Like, we had to take a picture and like show him like your eye is bleeding, dude. <laughs> Um, it was just like that's that's why you play football, though. I mean, without without intensity like that, it's no offense. It's it's soccer, basically. You know, like it is. It's the physicality. It's the it's the the the, the man on man, the brute force of the game of football. That that is the the beauty of why we love it. Um, and it is. It's just it, it's it's awesome that we were in that situation because you're right. You know, I mean, we for us to to you know have that bad snap on the punt the very first drive and then give up a touchdown the very next play you know we look up at the clock there's two minutes off the clock and we've spotted them seven points um it would be really easy for the game to have gone a different way very quickly very you know downhill very rapidly um and it is great just that the the guys embrace the moment and like all right you know okay you know let's strap up and let's do this uh yeah but it was it was a great game it was a fun one to coach definitely wish the uh you know score would have been a little little flip to wish there would have been one or two calls that maybe went our way instead of the other way well let's just segue into that because i i was i was begged to ask this and i told myself i promised myself that i would ask you this and and not to make excuses because like i said great game on both sides great coaching on both sides um, as far as play calling and, and X's and O's and all that, both I thought both staffs had a great game as well as the players did. But wh- how in the hell did Brock Dye get called for that horse collar? Yeah. That know, was the worst horse collar call, first non-horse collar call that I've ever seen when he's grab- grabbing a kid from the waistline. He literally yeah. bear-hugged him around the waist. 
yeah, I'll I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, and I understand, and I think so. I I will I'll give props to, and I, I don't I don't know the guy's name. I actually sent an email out to the officiating crew because the guy that we had on our sideline for the first half did a really nice job communicating. And honestly, like I I am not just saying that. Like I really do. I I you know in 20 years of coaching now, this is my my fourth year as a head coach, 20th year coaching total. This is probably the best communication that I've had from a single official was the guy that was on our sideline. And so what what he had explained to me is, and it makes sense, the way that that kid got snapped back, because Brock kind of went to tackle him, and he slipped and fell. And, like, I mean, it was almost like a clipping, if anything else. Right. He, like, he rolled over the kid's legs. And when he went down, you can see he grabbed, and obviously the, the film on the sideline doesn't show it because it's from the press box, but when he went down, he kind of grabbed the kid by the back of his jersey and it tugged so you could see like the collar of the kid's jersey went down in relation to his shoulder pads. When the official came over and was like, hey, listen, like whenever a kid snaps back like that, we're always going to throw the flag and discuss it, and I really thought that they were going to wave it off, and they ended up not waving it off, uh, but I get like, for, from that, for that specific play, you know, it was a, it was a, a quick change play, uh, you know, you, you're going to always, those guys saw what they saw in the moment, it's just, it, it's high school football, um, you know, we had a catch that uh, Brock had a catch on our sideline earlier in the game that the official just explained, and he was very polite, it was like, coach, like, from my from my perspective on my sideline, like I don't know, like it looked like he didn't have control. I, I can't go to replay, you know. So you right. always you're always going to defer to their judgment in that moment. Um, but I do think it, it definitely like that was one of a few calls that I think was really a big game changer. But you know, we've always preached, you know we don't want it to come down to that. It's just like, you know, if you get a game that, you know, you have a kicker that misses the game-winning field goal, you can't blame the kicker because it's our job to let it not come down to that. Um, you know, if we are, if we're taking care of business, that one call doesn't make a difference. Right. Um, so it's not, it's not making excuses, but it is definitely, um, it's frustrating. And I know, you know, sometimes it is like, I'll always, like even the the, the week, a couple weeks ago, we had the, the, uh, intentional grounding call yeah. that everybody was really upset about is like, well, you know, per the rule, literally just this last year, it did change. You know, I'll always give, you know, I'll defer to the the officials. I definitely, you know, I respect what they're doing. Uh, work real hard. When we do our Pop Warner on Sundays, I always make an announcement about, you know, hey, thank you to the officials. Any of you guys that want to be an official, go to this website, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely like there's one or two calls that I, I definitely wish that we would have had the ability to maybe, you know, have a, a little bit of a chat about, but, you know, it shouldn't have come down to that one for sure. If, you know, if we don't spot them the touchdown on the first play, um, you know, if we don't, you know, miss a tackle and let them get the ball, you know, whether or not they cross the goal line on that last touchdown, I, I mean, if we don't miss a tackle, they're not even in that position to make that play. So, you know, any, any one of those things really can come back to us just not executing. So it is what it is. Definitely wish we would have had a couple of those, but. Obviously, we, we mentioned that Coach Fry couldn't be here tonight. Uh, had to be have dad duties yeah. as his wife was called into work, so he has to take care of his young kids, which is totally understandable. So, to, out of respect to him, we got to talk about a couple of his players. And I'll get your perspective on them. But uh, Nico Flynn for Buchanan, very very solid football yeah. player, and I thought their quarterback Franklin, uh, awesome as well. Just how he like we just really managed the game. Yeah, and I think too. Uh, again, like they were, they were big, they were physical, and like like you had mentioned, I think, um, you know, a lot of times you get teams that'll be. There's a couple of different ways that you can really defend the option. Uh, not that I'm going to discuss those specifics here on the broadcast uh, or give anybody any ideas, um, but I think that he did a really good job of. 
I, I almost want to use the word baiting us. Like, I think he did a really nice job of kind of baiting some of our reads. Um, and again, like, you know, the the things that we needed to do then to turn around and, and you know, attack that. Because it is like, I, I'm, I'm, I'll always say, you know, I'm a defensive guy. I coached linebackers for whatever, eight years at Marion. And I was a linebacker assistant coach for Elmer Britton. And, you know, I've been a defensive guy my whole life. The reason I, I run this offense is because I'm a defensive guy. And I know, you know, I don't, I, I haven't called a play in four years. It's the other team's defense that calls the plays. Um, and it, it, he did a really good job of kind of putting us in a position where we were sort of scratching our heads like, okay, so let's think players, not plays. What can we do to get this kid involved? What can we do to get this guy involved? What can we do to, do this, to get this guy out in space? And, you know, we, uh, you know we, we, we had a couple of snaps. We put Caden Warfield at fullback just to kind of change it up a little yes. bit. Uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely – we you had to see, get creative. When you see along with that and then you see Sebeki at H-back, who were yeah. like, what the hell are they doing here? What the hell are they doing? And I thought that was a great move on your part as well, moving them around because then that, that makes – Buchanan or whoever, wait a minute, 26 is not behind the quarterback. What's going on here? What's going on? You know, yeah. it makes them pull the reins back, pull the throttle back a little bit, you know, and think something's up. Yeah, and I think, too, that um, a lot of what we discussed, too, and I, I've, I've dealt with this, you know, my, my whole career, even I had two, two fullbacks uh, back in South Bend that were kind of the same deal, where you've got one kid who's just a downhill bruiser, and you got one kid who's a little bit of a scat back, and so, you know, depending on who's at fullback, you know, you can run the exact same play, and it kind of hits like two different plays, and so, you know, we were trying to run a, a, a play to get to get Caden Warfield inside between the tackles, a, a B-gap run play, and it just wasn't quite hitting right, so we're like, okay let's change this up and let's have you know let's have Sebeki run this play and let's see if, if it hits a little different with him um, and again it's just I think a lot of times too watching film you can definitely kind of get a feel for how a certain runner motions and how a certain runner's body language is uh, so just kind of changing that up a little bit and trying to take away some of their keys and see what they would do you know we do the same thing with alignment you know we'll we'll line up in an unbalanced formation and see what their adjustment is and you know it's the same thing Dwajak's going to do to us you know they're going to bump to an unbalanced and try to see if they can get us to play around with where our B gap is and where our A gap is. Uh, you know, we're just trying to do the same thing with personnel. Um, you know, we only have X amount of uh, varsity varsity ready football players, and so we were just trying to get a little creative and try to find a way to get a little bit of a spark. Um, and like I said, it, it, it did that. That one drive we had in the third quarter was was a great, great, great drive. Um, you know, and even the, the, the you mentioned the, the the touchdown pass to Hubbard. You know, we had scripted, like, listen, if we run a, a screen pass to Sebeki, everybody in the state of Michigan is going to come screaming down, biting on Sebeki because they know that we're going to try to get, oh, they're trying to get Sebeki in the flats. People are f- going to forget we got a six foot four freshman tight end back there in the end zone somewhere. And it, it did it. It worked. And Reith did a great job finding it. It's just being creative and trying to find ways to get certain people out in certain spots that people aren't ready for them to be in. Uh, that's part of the fun of of coaching. It's fun with this group is we can draw a lot of this stuff up in the dirt, and it's uh, they get it, they 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 absorb it, and they take it, which is a lot of fun. How was practice today, <clears throat> as far as attitude and good? Yeah, I think practice went well. Um, I know Mondays is we always you know I talk about mechanic Monday. This is right. the day that we fix the things that we made mistakes on. Um, you know, and we, we definitely did some things today, uh, just making sure that we've got some defensive reads, uh, defensive adjustments. I know, you know, we missed a couple of calls here and there on, on Friday. Uh, just making sure that we were kind of mentally polished up, watched a lot of film, just getting ready for, you know, for our upcoming opponent. 
um, yeah, it was it was good. But I think that the guys are definitely you know you're at that time uh, time of the year that you know being being one and four it's a it's a sombering experience walking the hallways for sure. Yeah. So the the guys are definitely you know they're they're hungry for one and. JVs, I, I got. I have to ask. Obviously, it was a very bad week for the for the JV team. You know, took a took a hard one um, yeah. on Thursday night. How have how have how has their attitudes been? Because I was even talking to Coach Saw. So, I mean, you know, <coughs> for most schools, I mean, unless you're Penn or you're some mega, you know, giant, you know, the JV kids kind of seem like they feel like the land of misfit toys. You know, they yeah. kind of feel like the kids left out. Yeah. Um, how are how have their I mean from what I've witnessed from obviously you know with me coaching middle school we all share the same practice facility you know even today I mean just observing that I mean the body language still looks good yeah and I think too uh you know obviously yeah we got just dog walked by Buchanan's JV um it, it wasn't good but uh you know we had you know we're we're so thin at the JV and we keep telling these guys like you guys are basically spending three days a week as tackling dummies for the varsity yep. like we have to play games to get better. And I said, even at the end of the game, like, you know, we bear in mind, you know, we've got bodies. We don't have a true varsity team and a true JV team. There are five or six guys that will play two quarters for us on JV that we rely on as depth for varsity. And we're in this weird situation. And I never, I've never dealt with this before. I guess a lot of states do this where the JVs play before the varsity. In Indiana, we would always do our JV games on Saturdays or on Mondays, so we would know going in how many quarters we had these kids for. And so we're kind of like planning ahead where, okay, so we've got, you know, Aiden Yarbrough and we've got Carter Hayes. All right, you guys have to play for two quarters and sit for two quarters because we need you for depth on Friday. And so when those guys go in, all of a sudden, like, hey, we had a little bit of a pop. We were able to move the ball a little bit. Um, you know, we have our, our, our JV quarterback is also playing four quarters as a varsity defensive back. So it's like, all right, so we have to try to get as many reps as possible with him on the field in that um, one quarter that he had the one quarter that he had exactly but then of course like we can't if I could put him on the field with our two depth guys at at line and then our you know we have the one the one wing that we use that we also have to say for I can't have them all on the field at the same time so like our true like best of best 11 JV guys are never on the field at the same time but, you know, even at the end of the game, I told him, like, listen, like, we did some things. Like, we were able to move some people around, put some people in some position. We had a fourth and six, and my own kid ran for a first down on a rocket toss and ran his ran right out of his shoe. Almost um, almost had the catch there, too, on that uh, on that fade route. Yes, he almost had a catch. And I, I thought to myself, I was like, this is this is incredible. A Kinsey that actually caught a football once in his life, that'd be, that'd be a new one. Um, but, again, we tell the kids, like, you got better in this one 48-minute JV game than you do in two weeks of being a tackling dummy for, for the varsity. And the guys kind of embrace that. Like, they understand. Like, I know, you know, the, these guys are out there, you know, even getting their butts kicked. They're getting up off the dirt and dusting themselves off. Like, ooh, I got, I got put on my butt on that one. Like, they, they, they have a positive attitude about it because they understand, you know, nobody's, nobody's turning on WSBT at 10 o'clock at night and seeing what the score of the JV game was. This is all about you lining up. And instead of having Carter Sebecki putting you on your butt and having Gavin Schof putting you on your butt, like, you're actually out there with other freshmen and sophomores getting an honest look at, you know, what – 
um, you know, wh- right. wh- what what your your capabilities are. And I know, like, we're just, we're so thin that even at the end of the game, we had uh, one of our, our fullbacks, fullback and linebacker, had a stinger, and so his arm was 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 hurting him, and he was kind of you know he wasn't injured, but it was enough that it's like, hey, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna put you back in just because you know I, I don't want you to keep hitting somebody with your shoulder. And then we get down to the end of the game, and we had ten eligible bodies. I mean, I've got my guys that are the varsity rotators that I couldn't put back in without burning a quarter. So I had to go to the one-armed kid, and I'm like, hey, how's your arm doing? It's like it still tingles a little bit, but like, cool. Um, I need you to go play some free safeties. Like, I don't know how to play free safety. Like, just stand there. Like, I mean, at this point, it's, it's – Run to wherever it's, the ball goes. It's you or we have ten guys. I don't know what to do. But it is – Well, Notre Dame dad, is it? I mean, yeah, exactly. It didn't, <laughs> didn't work out for them. Um, so – the uh, but it is it's it's it they're a fun group because I think that they do like they understand like you know half these guys with us not having youth football for so many years you know for the majority of these guys it's literally the first year that they've played football I mean I've got a couple of them that were middle schoolers last year on our team but I mean, there's got to be at least four of these guys that are JV football players that are literally playing football for the first time well and and you have me now at the, at the middle school level and and I can so relate uh, with talking about not having youth football because like right now we have 23 we have 23 kids on our roster 18 of them are seventh grade I yeah. we literally only have five eighth graders playing middle school football and we are in a combined school um league for our schedule so yep. w- the teams that we play because that's what i have when i when before the season started i'm, I'm looking at our schedule and i text sidemender and i think i even included you i'm like why in the hell are we not playing our other schools in our conference, yeah. you know, for middle school. And then Cause they uh, have separate teams. Mr. Sidemanner yeah. said, well, we did a survey back in the spring, and we basically, the, all the schools that literally have a segregated both the seventh and eighth grade teams, we're going to put them, schedule all those in, in, into one pool, and then all the schools that are going to be a combined, um, you know, seventh and eighth grade together, we're going to put them in another pool, and that's where we're obviously at. Well, yeah. so far, we're this will be week three for us in the first two weeks. And then you've seen it firsthand because you've been up in the press box. I mean, we're playing against a predominant (coughs) eighth grade. And not only eighth grade, there's been a couple kids where it's like, I know normally people joke about this, but I'm like literally sincere going, I want to see a birth certificate on this kid, or I want to know how many years he got held back. Because like the first tattoos down his arm. Yes, we either have (laughs) kids with full grown beards and mustaches, we've had kids with uh, like a tattoo arm sleeve. The, uh, Constantine, that one kid, I could have swore they they suited Brock Dye up. I mean, yeah. he was probably he he was built exactly like Brock Dye, and we're just getting trucked. I mean, and it's like after last week, I'm like, I just want a fair fight. Yeah. And our kids, you know, they fought harder last week, but then, you know, our games are on Wednesday, Thursday. I always like to when we start practice, just talk to them about that. And and I didn't, I, I was mainly talking to our seventh graders because I'm like, look, you know, don't look at what the scoreboard says. You know, yes, like last week we lost 42 to nothing. Most times when you look at that as a kid, you're thinking that we're no good. We suck. You know, if we're getting beat 42 to nothing, I'm like, don't think that. I said, because you, you guys are seventh graders going up against kids. I said, and there's no, especially in the junior high level, there's no bigger growth physically from a kid from seventh grade to eighth grade. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because it, yeah. they're, they're, the, gro- the amount of growth that they yeah. physically grow in that yep. year is, is huge. That's one of the two real big growth spurts yes. is that, like, 12 to 13 window. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm like, you guys don't get discouraged and think that you're not good at football because you are. You're yeah. just undermatched right now. Next year, it's going to be flipped. Yeah. You know, we're going to flip the script next year to where next year we're going to have 18 eighth graders. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to be the one – 
that's yep. going to be laying the hammer down. Yeah. So and then fast forward a few years, and next thing you know, we're going to be you know four years from now, five years from now, uh, you know, we're going to be the team that's got 15, 16 seniors on the field at the same time, yeah. and that's that's going to make a big difference. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, I'm I'm around for that if they don't <laughs> run me out of town after being one and four. But I mean, we we deal with the same thing, um, you know, at the Pop Warner level. You know, our our older kids are going up against these schools. You know, they're going to play in Valparaiso and Merrillville, and these kids have been playing football for five, six years. But then we go out, and so our six U, our little kids, our you know kindergarten, first grade team, goes out and plays against um, Gary, who Gary has always been a really, really good Pop Warner team, and we were in a dogfight. We won. I mean, not just like it wasn't a win-win. Like they were driving at the end. We had to make a stop. We had to like actually earn a W. And so it's like holy cow! Like these little guys are out there competing with other communities, little guys. And so you realize it's like, oh my gosh! Like when we're on an even field like our kids can play it's just yeah. that you know we're going up against these kids who have been you know these kids from Constantine you know half of them drove themselves there um, but they are they're so big and they're so experienced and our kids are like we have a team full of seventh graders who are just trying football for the first time ever uh, it is like it's 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 part of our job to make sure we stay positive make sure that they understand like hey listen you know this is this is part of the learning curve this is part of the experience that you know you guys are going to be so much better for this by the time you're sophomores juniors seniors um you know you just have to keep them on track and make sure that they understand that absolutely well we look ahead to this coming week um probably you may agree or disagree but i gotta say right now this probably is going to be the most talented team on our schedule right now. Dewajak's one of the hottest teams um, in the area. They're coming in, and they're coming off a huge win uh, over Benton Harbor Friday night. Um, on the flip side, we're going to have a lot of the mojo. We, we're at home. we got homecoming. we got senior night. Sometimes that's mojo. Sometimes it's a distraction. Sometimes it's a distraction, yeah. Um, but uh, your thoughts with the Chieftains coming in. Obviously, this is going to be – this is a much different Dewajak team than what we faced one year ago. Yeah, and I think too, um, you know, they've got those those two backs are are just such amazing athletes, um, and it really is like they do a really nice job of, you know, like hey, let's not overcomplicate the system. We're just going to do what we can to get our athletes out in space, um, and they really do a nice job with it. And I think, um, you know, even watching the uh, the Dwajak versus uh, Benton Harbor game, you know, you're t you're talking about you know both obviously not looking ahead a week, but you're looking at probably two of the most talented football teams that that we're going to be playing against as far as the number of just you know raw athletes they Correct. have out on the field. Um, and it was it was it really was kind of like our Buchanan game, watching the uh, watching the chess match of what was going on with those pieces. Um, you know, we, we didn't we, the fourth quarter for some reason wasn't on the film that we got in huddle this week, and that that's fine. So we couldn't exactly see the end of that game. Um, but yeah, the, the the parts that we saw, it really was it was it was crazy to see um, just the the amount of athletes that that Dwajak has. Uh, definitely a, a different football team than we played last year. Although I do think you know last year obviously we the one of their backs uh, got knocked out pretty early. Um, that definitely made a big difference in the the outcome of the game. You know, we had a long scoop and score that definitely changed the momentum of the game. Um, the scoop and score of the ages. Yeah, that was that was a big one. Uh, it was, but again, like I mean, it, it was it was a dogfight last year. So we had, you know, we we were definitely, you know, we were in for a fight last year, and we know what's what's you know what's happening again it's you know not just that but you know being a d7 school anytime we go in and we play these d5 schools it's the same thing i said with bering springs you know on paper you know d5 schools aren't supposed to lose to d7 schools and d7 schools aren't supposed to go out and beat d5 schools 
Um, and so it's definitely, you know, we have a, we have a tall mountain to climb, but I think the guys, you know, they understand, you know, we are in a situation now where, you know, we know, obviously, you know, we have the, the Hartford game got canceled week nine. So we know that we've got three games left. We have three opportunities and, you know, we are, you know, Hey, those moral victories are great for, you know, making us feel better about ourselves, but they don't do us a whole lot for playoff points. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, like losing to Saugatuck, you know, now I'm looking Saugatuck is like, they have a legitimate chance to go eight and one, if not nine and Oh, uh, that's great. That doesn't help get us in playoffs. You know, they, they right. give us a little, little bit of playoff points, but at some point we got to take care of business and, you know, we're going to have to go in and we're going to have to knock one of these teams off, if not both of these teams in order to even be, you know, have a, a breath of a chance uh, to be in the playoffs. So that's, it's definitely a tall, it's a tall order. And obviously, you know, it is homecoming week, but I think, you know, I think back in the day, you know, I think homecoming was more of a distraction because it seemed like there was something going on every night, like after school, to where I think a lot of seems nowadays a lot of all the homecoming spirit stuff happens during the day at school uh-huh. more so than at night. Because I mean, I'll never forget. I mean, my sophomore year, um, we played Warsaw. Uh, obviously, I went to Wallace. We put Warsaw was our arch rival that year. We always play them week six. We were. We were four and one or five and zero, oh, ranked in the top ten in the state. Warsaw was zero oh and five, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, finally we are, and they're playing at us for our homecoming. It's like, oh man, we're finally gonna play it. We got a bad Warsaw team. We're gonna rock them. We're gonna freak, you know, we're partying at home, doing all the homecoming stuff. Took them for like, Warsaw's nothing this year, you know. Kermit Emler runs a freaking opening kickoff back for a touchdown. It's like twenty four nothing at halftime. They throttle us like forty to thirteen, something like that. Fast forward the next year when homecoming rolled around, our coach, oh, my God. I mean, we were not – you talk about a hell week in practice. We were not allowed to do anything. <laughs> we weren't allowed to participate in anything, and he made life a living hell for us that week to make sure that we were not distracted by homecoming. And I think that, like I said, I, I don't think you – coaches in today's times, I don't think they have that because it just doesn't seem – correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a lot of, like, after-school evening – homecoming functions to kind of keep your kids distracted yeah there's really not I think too I mean so many of our guys are you know they're you know they they are I mean we've got you know we just got our grade report this week our first time our grade report came in and I mean our guys have phenomenal GPAs I mean this is a year that we I I know we've been state academic all-state runner-up for um, you know for several years and I mean if if we don't make it in the top four this year I don't know what group will so these guys are not I mean they're 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 focused, you know, they take care of business in the classroom, they take care of business on the field. I know even, you know, like Caden Reith, our quarterback uh, on Saturday wasn't at practice because he was filling in and playing tennis for, for Coach Seidenbender. Um, hey, he sent us a tennis player and I told him, it's like, all right, so if you're ever in a situation and you need a tennis player, I, I'll give you one of my guys. And sure enough, it took, took me up on the offer. Um, but I, again, like our guys are just, just in general, our guys are really, really focused. So I don't think that the distractions, like that kind of stuff is for, you know, the, the, the kids walk in the halls and, you know, even the dances and stuff, it's a big deal for the student senates and the girls and everything else. Right. And our guys are just, I mean, they're, they take care of business. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely not as much of a distraction. I think if anything, it's just, it's, it's finding a way to balance. I think that the kids are understanding that there's, there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, because obviously nobody wants to go out. And, you know, we know that this is potentially our last home game. 
Um, you know, obviously the, the Hartford game, we're still going to play a JV game, but the seniors won't be able to play in that. Right. Um, so we have one more home game technically, um, but, you know, the seniors won't get a chance to play again. And so I think, like, trying to keep them, that'll be the big distraction, I think, is just trying to keep them focused and trying to make sure that they understand, you know, that it's uh, – you know that it is. You know, don't get caught up in that. This could be the last time stuff. Like, no, no, we got to be out here. We got to earn a chance to be on this field again. Uh, that's really the bigger distraction, I think, than the homecoming stuff. Well, best of luck to you. Um, it's kind of a, the super. I mean, this is the game of the year for you guys. I mean, this is you guys got nothing to lose. I mean, that's one thing you got nothing to lose. Yeah. Have just have at it. You know, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing. Our team has always kind of embraced that mentality, and I know even, you know, told the guys, you know, if we beat these guys, you know, it's going to be like, oh, man, Brandy Wine upset Dwajak. It's like, man, our guys, I don't think they see it as an upset. I think they know, like, you know, we just legitimately cannot catch a break. It's it's the inverse from last season. It's like we can look back and we can identify on the, you know, on the, the, the – a single hand you know okay if this happens if this happens if this happens like I think that we realize in the huddle that we're a pretty darn good football team we just we can't get a break we're due it's kind of like Marcus Freeman said last week before the game you know we can't let Notre Dame beat us yeah unfortunately they did yeah (laughs) well that's that's for another whole another topic but uh I mean that's basically what it is if we don't beat ourselves we can play with anybody that's on our schedule oh absolutely so and and it's got to start you know, I mean, it's your playoffs are still in. It's still there. I mean, it's yeah. not like you've not been eliminated from the playoffs, especially yeah. with when you have Dewajak and Benton Harbor looming ahead of you yeah. and Coloma, right? Yeah, which are all bigger schools. So D5, right. So D5, those D5, are D6. huge points yeah. to get yep. that, that that they're out there. So, um, you know, you just got to go in there and, and let the chips fall where they may. You got nothing to lose. Yep. And in the meantime, I'm going to be rooting for Cassopolis every week because that's <laughs> that that you know that's our one win right now. And hey, they're three and two, hey. so they're earning us some bonus points. So so let's go Rangers. Come on. <laughs> um, again, uh, Coach Fry unable to make it tonight. He had dad duty. So you know, all due respect and and out of, yes, it was bitter rivals. But congrats to Coach Fry and the Buchanan Bucks on on the win Friday. Um, they will be on the road. They'll have another uh, historic rivalry battle with Berrien Springs um, Friday night. And um, so they'll have that game. You guys will be at home to take on Dewajak. Ryan and Terry Bohr and I will be there. All the action of that game on rcsportscasting.com, along with Niles hosting Vicksburg. Both of those games on rcsportscasting.com. Pre-game at 645 on both games with kickoff at 7 o'clock. Coach, thank you very much, and uh, best of luck to you Friday, and we will see you a week from tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Go Cats. And once again, thank you to Jeremy and his staff here at Wings Etc. for hosting Coach's Corner. Um, Until next week, everybody have a great week, especially Brandywine. Have a great homecoming. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, we'll talk Brandywine football again along with Niles and Buchanan right here at Coach's Corner on the RC Sportscasting Podcast live from Wings Etc. We'll see you next week. So long. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting.